Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Baby changes everything. Well, Merry Christmas, Horizon. It's good to see you guys and the families and all. And just encourage you parents, if your kids are going, I don't think they're going to make it to the end of the service. It, this is on in the cafe, too, so just to let you know, uh, we got that going for you. I remember how a baby changed everything. We were married, my wife and I, a year and a half when, not, excuse me, a month and a half and found out we were pregnant, okay? That was not the plan. That was not the strategy. We had barriers up, but that didn't work. And all of a sudden, a baby came along, which made it very interesting because I was a missionary at the time. We do support raising. And so I would go to a church that supported us, introduce my new wife and say, we got married in November and we're due in September. And you'd see these little old ladies start counting on their fingers to, I said, baby, you can't be early. Okay, you just can't be. <laughs> but there's many lists, and, and I guarantee you all of us would agree that a baby changes everything. There was a list of 10 ways it changes, then there's another list, 29 ways it changes. And all of them are true. Everything takes longer. Uh, your perspective on life is different. You wonder what you used to do with all your spare time. Um, Cleanliness goes by the wayside. Uh, You get a new name. I like that one. I haven't thought of that. That's right. You become mom or dad for the rest of your life. Sleep less. You gain a bathroom, buddy. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You play more. You receive unconditional love. You'll be fascinated by the little things. I like that one. Because a baby does change everything. And I know if you've been to church for any length of time, you've heard the Christmas story. Many of you could probably recite it because you've watched Charlie Brown enough times when Linus gets up there with his blanket. But he's quoting the Christmas story. And it's found in Luke 2. But I'm going to tell you something. I learned something this week that I'd never seen before. I mean, I've been preaching 25, 26 Christmas sermons here. uh, And before that, I've never seen this in this passage. And it does change everything of just this little thing right here. I hope it encourages you as well. For Luke 2, 1 through 7, it says... In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quintarius was governor of Assyria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went to be, went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee and Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house of the line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in. Now, your NIV would say clothes, but the good old King James says in swaddling clothes. That's important. 
and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Then the story shifts to the shepherds, and we've sung many. That's why I wanted to start off with that song, Oh Holy Night. I've heard that song probably a hundred times. I've played it. I get goosebumps. I got goosebumps in the back when David Phelps sings, Oh Holy Night, and hits that C sharp that no human male can normally hit. Um, but talking about this holy night, because it says in Luke 2 8, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings, good, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared and the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. And the songs that we sung today all interlaced this story. Now, I want to focus in on the shepherds because it has something to do with, with back to Mary. Because they were given a sign, it says. You will be given a sign. And it's not necessarily speaking to us, even though it is a sign to us when we understand this. But it was specifically to the shepherds. Here is your sign. You're going to find a baby, one, swaddled in clothes, and two, in a manger. Now, I guarantee that wasn't a normal, normal thing for shepherds to see. That was not a normal thing for parents to do, obviously. And they were specifically told that this baby would be like this. So this would be something unknown. And this would be a sign to them. I mean, a sign of a baby in a manger? Okay, that would be kind of weird. But these shepherds aren't your typical shepherds. Now, shepherds didn't have a very good reputation, if you would say. They tended to borrow things uh, and not bring them back. Okay, steal. Uh, they were customarily unclean, so they couldn't participate in the ceremonial laws. And you couldn't use them as a reference in court. They could not give testimony. They were not considered reliable people. But these shepherds were keeping watch of someone else, something particular. So why was the sign meant for just them? Especially the, the, the baby being wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now what's interesting as you look at the story, no address is given. He didn't tell the shepherds, hey, by the way, go down to 1256 Bethlehem Way and, and you'll find the baby. They didn't tell him where. I mean, it's not a huge metropolis, obviously, Bethlehem was. But, you know, you would think that a little bit more direction might have been given unless by saying what, they, what the angel said, you're going to find a baby in swallowing clothes in a manger. Gave the address away. The shepherds would have known, and a good Jewish person would know, the Savior was talked about. This, this Savior of the world was going to come from Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, 
Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins were from old and from ancient times. So there was no doubt where this ruler would come from, this Savior. It was to be Bethlehem. But there's another passage in Micah, Micah chapter 4, verse 8. As for you, O watchtower of the flock, O stronghold of the daughter of Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to the daughter of Jerusalem. The shepherds would build watchtowers out in the wilderness. That way they could get a, a good view of their sheep. But there was a watchtower there outside of Bethlehem. But this watchtower was for particular sheep. The watchtower was called Migdal Edor, which was ordinarily, which a watchtower would ordinarily be used for a flock. This was to watch over the flock where the sacrificial lambs would be taken from. And so in this tower, on the bottom floor of the tower, was a manger where the new lambs, the baby lambs, were birthed. And on the top is where they would watch. Knowing that these lambs had to be perfect. Knowing that these lambs had to be without blemish to be used in the sacrifice. When a lamb was born, it was swaddled. That's the power of saying the swaddling cloth. You didn't just swaddle a baby. You know, I mean, Mary didn't have a jumper in her, in her bag to put the baby in. They were in a manger, yes. That's why some say, well, it was out of stone. It was in a cave. Could have been this tower. The tower where the flock was. The tower where the shepherds knew where the swaddling cloths were. Swaddling cloths to these shepherds were a powerful sign of who this baby really was. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes who is the savior of the world. Again, you would wrap the sacrificial lamb so it wouldn't get bruised. It wouldn't get scars because they tend after they're born to move around a lot. So they instantly wrapped. And now the shepherds would know exactly where to go to find them in a manger where swaddling cloths were. A baby changes everything. The shepherds would have known that the savior of the world was in garments meant for a sacrifice. You wouldn't wrap your baby in that because that was meant for a sacrifice. You're not going to put that on your kid. But they're in a manger. They weren't ready. There was no room in the inn. And they went to the place most likely cleaner than any other manger because this is where the sacrificial lambs were born. And grabs a cloth and wraps child. And that was the sign to the shepherds. They knew exactly where to go. And the significance of the swaddling cloths. And to Mary, 
Luke 2.19 says, And Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Treasured means to set something aside to keep it safe, but for a purpose. I have a big giant safe at home, and this safe is fireproof if the house burns down, and hopefully everything in it will survive that. And yes, I have my guns locked away safe, but I've got precious things, important things. I just put all my journals in there right next to my wife's journals. I'm guarding them, <clears throat> but I also ponder what's inside of them. I pull them out several times a year to reread those things to keep those close to me because she treasured but she also pondered which really means where the head and the heart met together she pondered what Gabriel had told her nine months earlier she pondered the angel that talked to Joseph she pondered the shepherds showing up and telling them what they were told by angels out, out there. We were told to find the baby, the swaddling cloths. We know the significance of this. And with that, it says, she pondered them in her heart, going over and over that these things that she saw, these things she experienced, would be a constant encouragement for the difficult times ahead. That kind of language is used by David, Psalm 119.11, for I've hidden your word in my heart so my, that I might sin against thee. I've kept it close. I'm treasuring it so I can ponder those things. His son Solomon, Proverbs 6.21, bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. Keep them close so you can ponder those things. Because pondering invites you into a place of mystery into what God has done and what he is doing. The Christmas story should be a time for us to ponder. Yes, it's a time for family. I mean, I spent the day getting the, the prime rib ready, piercing the garlic inside, getting it wrapped up, spices it, now it's sitting in the refrigerator, gonna dry a little, a little drying, and then it goes in, and I wrap presents today. I'm, I'm excited for Christmas. I got my, all my family here, got my grandkids here. They're just counting two more, yesterday, two more sleeps until Christmas. I mean, they're anticipating that. I love Christmas. but to ponder Christmas. And now to ponder this, that even the smallest detail, Joseph probably grabbed it off the wall not knowing the significance of that because they needed to wrap the baby in something. And Mary wraps them up, not realizing necessarily where they were. They were in the manger possibly where all the sacrificial lambs were wrapped up for the temple. And the significance of that to these shepherds that no one trusted was given. The news, and it says from there, they went out and told as many as they could. It wasn't just, hey, we found a baby in a manger. We found a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. The same cloths that we use for the sacrificial lambs. This is going to be the savior of the world? How can we keep that quiet? Pondered. Because the opposite of pondering, guys, is ignoring, neglecting, forgetting. 
squandering. And my encouragement this Christmas time is that you would take some time to ponder. Take some time just to think about the significance of that. I mean, the shepherds didn't know Mary's story. Joseph, nothing. They were just told, go see the kid who's going to be the Savior. And now they share that message with Mary, and she just holds on to those things. Pondering involves, as one author said, a sacred silence, a safe stronghold, a secret stillness. I hope between now and the end of tomorrow that you'll find a time for just that time to think about it, to ponder. I mean, take it all in. I mean, I, I love to sit back and watch. I'm a people, any people watchers here? I love watching people. But I love watching my family. I love seeing the anticipation lighting out. I just, I just... I love watching that, to ponder those things, to sit back and remember. Do you know how to ponder? It means more pondering, less public sharing. More treasuring, less telling. More keeping, less giving it away. More meditating, less speaking my mind. You have a card. If you weren't given to them when you came in, you'll give them one on the way out. It says, this Christmas, ponder his presence. This is for Kevin. Break down ponder. P, pause to, play, pause to pray. O, to open your eyes and see. And to notice little things. D, to decide to be present. E, to expect the unexpected. And R, rejoice and give thanks. Because this baby changed everything.